Welcome to the First Church Podcast, a resource of First Church of God in Columbia City, Indiana. Our goal is to provide you with tools that you can use to help you in your new or growing relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Jordan Chapel. I'm the middle school pastor here at First Church of God, and welcome to the podcast. Today we begin our journey as we spend a week in every book of the Bible and and moving towards this idea of how the Bible is just so timeless for us and how 66 individual pieces, individual books, make up one unified story um, pointing towards who God is and how he's working in our midst. And so I'm excited for this journey to begin. And today we're starting in the book of Genesis. And uh, I'd like to just point our attention to Genesis chapter 1 as we see the birth of mankind and and where that came from was God making all of creation. And it's just this incredible feat that happens because everything came from nothing. God speaks and everything comes into existence. And we see in Genesis chapter 1, the thing that sets apart mankind from the rest of creation is this idea that we were image bearers of God. It said he made mankind in his image to bear his image. And I think that sometimes that can seem a little conceited or self-serving to us, but what we need to remember and understand is the God that just made us in his image is what it is the God that did what I just said, that took nothing and made everything. And so out of the overflow of God's goodness and glory, he just had so much bubbling up inside of him that the overflow of that, he created mankind in his image. And and his instructions to them were simple. It's be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. That's what I need you to do. And so inside of that, we see this picture of God being so good that out of the overflow of who he is, he created mankind, and that creation was good, and that creation was in his image. And then out of the overflow of that, their purpose was to fill the earth and and take dominion and authority over that. And, And the purpose behind that being that God's image would be reflected and magnified and glorified uh, in every part of the earth because those who are bearing his image would be the ones that filled it, subdued it, and, and made it home. But then the fall happens and we see the brokenness enter the world. And then we pop over to Genesis chapter 12 where where we see kind of a rebirth of this God saying, I'm not done with my uh, original intent for creation. And I think it's this beautiful picture. He talks to this guy named Abram, and, and uh, who eventually we know turns into Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, we call it the Abrahamic covenant, because it's God making this covenant with, with Abram, uh, who is soon to be Abraham. Uh, and he makes this covenant saying, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great. Abram. Like I'm going to I'm going to do powerful and incredible things through you because I'm blessing you richly. And, and here's the purpose of that it says in verse 2, so that you will be a blessing. He says I'm going to pour my blessing out on you Abram so then you can turn around and pour that blessing out on others. And I think it points back to this idea of mankind's original intent in creation. Like I said, we were image bearers of God, and he pours out 
his goodness in creation on us so we can fill the earth, subdue it, and fill it up with his glory and his majesty and grace as we bear his image to every corner of the earth. And then that gets broken. So he goes to this guy named Abram. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you richly so that you can then go and bless others. And we see this domino effect of Abram getting blessed so he can go bless others. Abram getting blessed so he can go bless others. And they can go bless others. And they can go bless others. And this chain reaction happening where where Abram is so richly blessed that he blesses others and they bless others and they bless others, uh, uh, eventually resulting in the entire earth again, knowing and experiencing the richness and the glory of who God is. And so God makes a plan through uh, through Abram, through Abraham, that he's going to bless the entire earth and he's going he's gonna to make him a great nation. So again, eventually the whole world will be filled with God's image being, being bore by his creation. And then in Chapter 15, just a a few chapters later, this really, really interesting account uh, takes place between Abram and between God. And and so I won't read it, but basically what happens is uh, God gives these instructions to Abram that looking back, Abram would have been like so very and keenly aware of what was happening because of the the culture and and the surrounding nations. And so God says, I need you to get these animals and I need you to slice them in half and I need you to line them up. So one half of the animal on this side, one half of the animal on this side for several animals. I need, I need cows, I need goats, I need all these things. Slice them in half, put one on this side, one on the other. And, and this would have been this really gory thing and, and just kind of honestly gross and, and disgusting. And so they slice them in half. And and then it says, in the middle of the night, when the sun had gone down, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between those pieces. So it just kind of went between those pieces. And any ancient reader reading this would immediately begin to think of something called a suzerain vassal treaty or a suzerain vassal covenant. And I remember when I learned about this for the first time, it was fascinating because it was so clearly a, a redemptive picture that existed, that God, God used um, to, to show his people how he was going to engage with them, even post-fall, post-disobedience to God entering the world, post, uh, post, but after all of this stuff bad had happened, God said, I'm going to use the images that you have to help you understand how I'm wanting to work in your midst. And so this this treaty or this covenant that exists out in the world where uh, a suzerain or like the king of the land um, that ruled over certain large areas of land. And every once in a while, someone called a vassal, uh, just kind of like a traveling shepherd or traveling person, would come to a suzerain, again, the king of the land, and they'd say, hey, I really need the, the benefits that come being uh, associated with you. And so I want to come under your kingship. I want to come under your authority and your rulership. Uh, and I want to submit myself to you knowing that um, you will protect me. You'll give me all these things. But, I, but I'm also committing myself to, uh, to being a part of you. And so uh, they would have done the, the the same exact thing that we see modeled here with um, all these animals being lined up, cut in half, one on one side, one on the other, and they walk through it. And the idea was that as they walk through it, they re- repeat this phrase that 
if I don't uphold this covenant, if I don't uphold my end of the bargain, may what happen to this animal, the animal that had been sliced in half, one side on one half and one side on the other, may what happen to this animal happen to me. And that was their commitment to the covenant, that, that if I don't uphold my end of the bargain, then I am committing to and realizing the consequences of, of breaking this covenant. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do, whether it's the suzerain or the vassal, the king or, or the shepherd, uh, the, the, as they walk through, if I don't uphold my end of the bargain, this is how serious I am about upholding my end of the bargain. If I don't do it, I, I am wishing this upon myself. And God takes this image that would have been so natural and understood by Abraham and, and and he he sets it up in such a way that that Abraham would have seen who God was and how he was wanting to work. And what I find fascinating about this is, is if you read Genesis chapter fifteen, uh, ideally both of them would say, "I'm hey to uphold my end of the covenant, like I'm going to s- s- commit to this by walking through it." But if you read through it, um, the the person that walks through it is God represented by this smoking fire pot and flaming torch. And I can't, I can't explain that, but somehow like this, this fire pot and flaming torch go through these cut apart animals saying, if I don't uphold this covenant, may what happened to this animal happen to me? And, and I think what God is trying to say to Abraham through this, and I think what God is trying to say through uh, to us through this is that Time and time again, we see this played out over the pages of Scripture. Our sin nature, the this, this stuff that is rotten and not from God inside of us is going to creep up. And we are never, we're working towards holiness, but we are never going to be able to 100% keep God's holy and perfect standard. But it is so reassuring to know that as time and time again I fail and I get back up, that God is so committed that he has made a covenant saying, hey, what what is going on in, in your life is important to me and I'm not going anywhere because I've made a covenant and I said, like I walked through the torn apart animals, like blood was shed for a covenant pointing towards something happening here in the future. Like blood was shed that's how seriously i'm taking my covenant with you that what if i'm to not uphold my end of the covenant which we know we know we know looking back through the pages of scripture and then just like personally looking back through my life god has never failed me and god won't ever fail and so it's a beautiful picture saying I am so committed. You're never going to be able to uphold your end of the covenant, but I will always be here for you. And that's the purpose of it being a covenant. Time and time again, God will always, always, always uphold his end of the covenant. And I think it's this beautiful picture in Genesis chapter 15 that we get of who God is and how he's wanting to work in our lives saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want the best for you. I'm going to, I'm going to be here for you. I'm faithful. I'm never going to let you down. And it's this picture of, of God working in the midst of the brokenness of the world that happened in the fall. And so I'm so thankful for this reminder of who God is, and I'm so thankful that he will never let us down. He's made a covenant. He is faithful, and we can lean on that truth.